Hello, and welcome to Think Business Futures. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, coming to you from 2SER Studios in Sydney on the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation, broadcast right around Australia on the Community Radio Network and around the world wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we take a closer look at the business issues making up the news. This program is made possible by the assistance of the UTS Business School. Now, with millions of traders, thousands of coins, and hundreds of exchanges worldwide, the crypto universe is vast, complex, and innovative, and now well and truly mainstream. Banks, super funds, and institutional investors are all now jumping on board in an effort to capitalize on the potentially massive returns. With the pace of innovation in the crypto world being hard for many experienced traders to keep up with, what chance do authorities like the ATO have trying to apply tax to crypto profits? Can they do this within the existing framework, or must we rethink the tax system altogether to make crypto fit? On today's show, we're diving headfirst into the world of crypto and tax. And to help us understand the tax implications for crypto and where the holes might be, I'm joined in the studio by Roman Lannis, Associate Professor at the UTS School of Accounting, and remotely by Shane Brunette, founder of the Sydney-based tech startup Crypto Tax Calculator. Roman, Shane, welcome to Think Business Futures. Thank you. Thanks, Stefan. Now, Roman, we're going to start as basic as you can get, because this is still a very common question. Do you have to pay tax on crypto? Fortunately or unfortunately, yes, you, you do. I think that's one of the problems that I still see is a major problem because a lot of people just don't know. Certainly, tax is payable on, on money you make from, from crypto. I think the reason for the confusion is, and as a tax researcher, there are a lot of OECD countries that don't, don't actually uh, have any tax on crypto. And I think a lot of people who have friends all around the world and get into crypto in Australia probably think the same thing uh, initially. Uh, crypto is new. You know, I'd rather get into crypto because there is no tax. And and to be honest, I've only started seeing the last year or two any guidance from uh, the ATO or anyone else that, you know, there is tax on crypto. So there's a bit of catching up to be done and mm. certainly quite a, quite a bit of confusion. Yeah, fantastic. All right. Well, Shane, you've been in the crypto world for quite a while. Tell me a bit about what the landscape looked like when you first became aware of crypto when you first got into this world, were you asking this same question, do I have to pay tax on, on crypto profits? And how have you seen the attitude of traders and institutions like the ATO change over the years? Yeah, so back in like 2016, 2017, there was a lot of discussions around crypto and tax, uh, particularly around crypto to crypto transactions being a taxable event. And this was prior to the ATO coming out with some clearer guidelines on this. Back then, there was a large perception in the market that, you know, the cash that you put into your trading account versus the cash that you pull out, that would be the taxable kind of threshold there. Like what's the gain or loss uh, based on what you've cashed out mm. from a trading perspective. Um, and then the ATO came out with some very specific guidelines, uh, I think it 2017 from memory um suggesting that you know crypto to crypto transactions were actually a taxable event where you've disposed of one cryptocurrency for another that they're falling into the barter rules uh which makes a lot of sense when you think about it say you've invested ten thousand dollars into tesla stocks and it's gone up to a hundred thousand dollars 
and you want to now diversify by purchasing Google stocks, you have to sell your Tesla stock for AUD before you buy the Google stock. And that's a taxable event. Um, now, if you could roll that Tesla stock into Google stock directly and roll it over from a tax perspective, that would be a significant tax advantage. But you can't do that. It's treated as disposal in most circumstances. And the same applies with crypto. Um, it's just not as obvious because in the crypto universe on these uh, on these exchanges, it's very common for um, you to have a lot of different markets or products which are basically crypto to crypto. So, you know, Google, Google stocks being priced against Tesla stocks rather than being priced against AUD. So it just kind of creates this perception that you're not triggering a disposal when you are, in fact, triggering a disposal. Okay. And now, Roman, from what from what you understand, what does the current landscape look like and what sort of actions are institutions like the ATO taking to sort of crack down? Because obviously it's playing catch up, like you mentioned. There's probably a lot of people out there still who probably never filed a tax return for their crypto accounts or crypto trading. What's the ATO doing right now? You know, as was stated, yeah, they've there's been a lot of uh, guidance releases, and I've actually seen in the last two three years the guidance releases to you know to crypto change. And yes, I think you know as it states now, basically trading crypto for crypto or for stable coins or for Australian dollars or any other currency or fiat, whatever they call it, that essentially triggers uh, a taxable event uh, from which, you know, you, you can, there could be capital gains, you know, or, or capital losses for that matter. So the tax may apply. I think the problem the ATO has is because it is new. Well, it's grown a lot. It's not new. It's been around for a long time. But in Australia, you know, the growth of especially smaller individuals investing in crypto uh, has, has, has exploded. The issue is... As of a little while ago, there was only one exchange which was registered with ASIC. I think that was Binance. So it's hard for the ATO. I think Binance is is able to, or the ATO or ASIC has access to those transactions. I'm not sure if they have transactions to the hundreds of other exchanges you mentioned. So with probably, I don't know, 80 or 90% of transactions on crypto, they, they, they wouldn't have much access. A, B, as I said, there's a lot of countries, OECD countries in Europe in particular, uh, that don't have any tax on crypto. And our tax system is based on self-assessment. So I mm. think that's what they are hoping for. But, but at the same time, I think th- their ability to enforce the rules with respect to crypto gains are probably least with respect to any other income in Australia. Yeah. Um, Shane, you you sort of live somewhere in between um, trying to figure out how to get crypto traders to comply with ATO and have a sound tax return on, on their crypto earnings and things like that. How do you see where the ATO stands in terms of its ability to tax crypto. Are they well up to speed with what's going on in the world of crypto and do they have sufficient systems in place to make it user-friendly enough? Obviously, you started a, a company, Crypto Tax Calculator, to try to, to make it easier for investors. But where does the ATO sit at the moment in your, in your opinion? 
so that's certainly investing in this area. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there. It's, it's not just uh, the ATO, right? It's it's a lot of different tax authorities have recognised that there's a significant tax gap when it comes to cryptocurrency, and they're working on ways to encourage compliance. Um, you're right in terms of you know there's been an encouragement from a self-assessment point of view with nudge letters from different tax authorities, not just Australia. Um, you know, guidance in general being published, that type of thing. But the other big factor is um, just the technology in terms of being able to track this data. The ATO does have a lot of authority when it comes to being able to request data from exchanges that have Australian customers. Um, and on top of that, the actual blockchain data itself is publicly accessible, like it's just an open public ledger. Uh, which is immutable and uh, it's available on an ongoing basis. You don't need a subpoena or anything like that to try to get access to it. It's just anyone can view what's going on there. You just need to be able to pair it back from a KYC AML perspective. And there's lots of uh, technologies that have come around uh, originally from the AML KYC space that are aimed at being able to track users' activity across the blockchain. There is certainly a perception that the cryptocurrency trading is kind of in this pseudo, like anonymous space, but it's not actually, it's more in a pseudo anonymous space. And as soon as you move money into the crypto ecosystem, or if you want to move money off the cryptocurrency ecosystem, you've generally got to go through a KYC process and that will be able to uh, allow tax authorities to link through and find those tax obligations. Okay, and sorry, Roman, did you have something to yeah, add? Yeah, look, look, Stefan, I think the biggest problem, and we know this, crypto is basically unregulated. It's banned in some countries as, as of last year, as we know, but it's largely unregulated, and, and that's the process. Look, I do agree... It's, it's kind of an open system, and but there is catch-up, definitely. You know, in, in terms of technology and regulation, I presume once both tax authorities on the one hand and corporate authorities on the other hand, uh, with respect to regulation over exchanges and trading of crypto, get on top of the situation, um, because that, that's really that's the biggest issue. I think the technology, yes, it, it's interesting, and it's probably amicable to to tracing transactions better than in, in various other, uh, you know, m money transfer realms. But the problem is that there isn't much regulation. And I think uh, tax authorities always kind of, you know, they, they, I mean, they can't move without the regulation in place. And yes, you know, there's a lot of uh, agreements between tax authorities and they are sharing information a lot more, especially on this issue these days. But I think... Um, you know, once the regulation is in place, especially between countries with if there are any tax treaties or if there have to be additional tax treaties made between countries, I think it, it, it may improve. But, but, but certainly the lack of regulation at the moment is probably prohibiting any such things because in the past, you know, tax authorities have pretty much uh, concentrated on corporate tax avoidance, individual tax avoidance, tax havens, you know. And crypto, even though it's not completely new, it's certainly tripled, quadrupled, gone up 10 times only recently. And they've realized that the gains being made uh, probably in the last two, three years. And and I think the regulation simply is still not there to give them that ability to, 
you know, to track things really, really well. But but look, I mean, tax authorities, unfortunately, are usually one step behind. Uh, but but I presume, you know, once they, you know, once the regulations in place, they'll be able to, you know, enforce things a lot better. Mm. Shane, do you agree with that? Uh, I mean, look, more regulation would help the tax authorities for sure. And I'm sure there's a lot of activities going on right now. I think the only point that I want to make is that the tax authorities have quite some time to catch up and it's still applicable to your current trading rules. Uh, we spend a lot of time educating the market around their tax obligations and how to make sure that they don't end up on the wrong side of tax authorities. I think it's really important to highlight that. Yeah, look, I, I agree, you know, because if they do eventually catch up with you, you'll still have to pay all the back taxes mm. back. So yeah, 100%. And you know, if you're a big investor, you, they will eventually find you in a year or two. So mm. there's probably... You know, uh, I mean, I mean, the biggest issue, I guess, would be with the mums and dads who are really getting into it, and, and people like yourself, myself, perhaps, you know, and, and people are investing not small amounts, but ten thousand. Those are those are the people harder to get to, I presume. You know, mm. uh, and the ATO usually doesn't get to those individuals anyway, because the ATO's algorithms, you know, they, they they can't audit everyone. But yeah, look, I mean, eventually, once they get on top of things, they will catch up and I presume anyone who's making lots and lots of money, it's it's not going to be, it's going to be very difficult for them to use the excuse. So, you know, I wasn't aware. Mm. Do, you, do you think that it poses a problem that because of this boom in crypto, is there just going to be this vast amount of people out there who have just gotten into trading and crypto via this last boom, via the allure of huge profits and, self-assessment doesn't take place because they've never had to self-assess before. Shane, is this is this something you're finding with some of the customers of Crypto Tax Calculator? Um, the things that we're finding is this concept of crypto-to-crypto transactions and uh, this thought process of, oh, but I haven't actually made any money because mm. I haven't cashed out to Australian dollars and this idea of, well, you know, you're actually disposing of one asset for another asset. That's fairly unique. For crypto and there could be more regulation around that to make it you know clearer to users to highlight that you know there is actually a, a tax event going on here and you need to be setting aside some money for those taxes rather than that you know you're not taking any profit you're just putting it all into the next asset the other element is this idea that you know like when you're in the crypto ecosystem it is anonymous and how will they know that's a common pervasive factor i mean on the one hand the tax authorities you know they're investing a lot uh, from a tax compliance how to how to really encourage um, uh, you know more tax compliance with technology and I mean this like I was saying before there's already existing tools around KYC AML that have had a lot of investment that they're kind of leveraging in this space um, the other thing is just around clearer guidelines that they've been presenting and just education I think there's generally you know there was this this thought amongst the tax industry that maybe crypto would just go away and it's not worth investing time and resources in building capabilities in this area but i think that that perception is also no longer valid like cryptocurrency adoption has been picking up steam so i think for you know people in the actual tax space say if you're an accountant and you want to offer a full stack service it's really important to include some capacity around serving mm. clients who are dealing with cryptocurrency, whereas before I think just generally 
and like I said, tax industry. This was just an area, like a domain that was kind of overlooked. And that also doesn't help. Okay. Um, another question for you, Shane. We've talked about sort of, and you just mentioned then taxable events that occur, you know, with crypto to crypto transactions. It's sort of simple for the layman like myself to understand, okay, well, if I if I exchange, you know, Bitcoin for Ethereum or whatever it might be, and since I bought uh, Bitcoin, it uh, has increased in value, etc. Uh, I've made a profit there, triggers a taxable event, and I am then liable to pay tax on that. However, the avenues for creating profit in the crypto world are much broader than that and much more complex and something that I am barely understand people are you know farming crypto to make profits uh you know airdrops uh getting getting dropped nfts and things like this there's so many different ways that people make money in the crypto world outside of just i'm going to buy this uh this token and hopefully it'll increase in value we're talking you know shorting and longing systems and things like that and as someone who tries to make tax easy for for traders Tell me about some of these difficult areas and how companies like yourself um, can make it easier for traders to take their portfolio and and the types of things that I'm talking about. You know, full time traders do the do all these sorts of different transactions hundreds of times a day. How how can how can tax made be made easy for these types of people um, with all these different types of avenues of revenue making? Yeah, so uh, the cryptocurrency ecosystem is quite interesting because there isn't, I guess, a, you know, there is a lack of regulation in one way. Uh, in another sense, it's really open. So anyone could create a financial product or instrument and upload it to, uh, you know, a blockchain like the Ethereum network, for example, and it will just run and execute. And you don't need any permissions to be able to do that. You could do it from anywhere anywhere in the world. You could do it completely anonymously. You can upload whatever you can think of, really, as long as it's logical. And so that leads to a lot of extreme examples of concepts that already exist in the financial world. I mean, the economy, global economy is a large space and a lot of people come up with different ideas for financial instruments all day long and they've been doing it for centuries. Um, So there's already a lot of financial concepts out there. What cryptocurrency tends to do is takes some of these concepts to an extreme. For example, uh, you mentioned farming just before. So it's like staking rewards is a common concept, which the ATO published guidelines on suggesting that it's an income event. So uh, similar to interest. So it acts a lot like um, depositing funds into a product and receiving interest on it. Now, some of these interest returned can happen every six minutes, for example, whereas typically if you deposit into a bank account, it would happen every month. And so you obviously need software to be able to track that, similar to how you need software to be able to interact with the cryptocurrency ecosystem in general. So another thing which they do in uh, crypto is uh, they've created their own universe with its own lingo, I suppose, but a lot of that lingo does map back to pre-existing financial concepts. Um, you just need to have a dictionary, I suppose, when you're in the crypto ecosystem. Roman, is there anything you've come across that, yeah. that makes it that adds Look, complexity? I'm going to disagree a little bit here because, and not not from a tax perspective, but from an accounting sort of standards perspective, because a lot of financial products and the way companies uh, report them in their financial reports, 
that's defined in Australia and pretty much every other country within the accounting standards. And at the moment, uh, crypto is essentially just just another financial instrument like um, like shares or whatever. But at the same time, within the big accounting firms and, and the wider accounting community, there are a lot of arguments about what crypto is, and, and it had and those arguments or that discourse has, is not finished. It hasn't finalised. So yes, I do agree. You can a lot of the things they're doing in crypto are similar to what what has been done in in various other financial instruments, and there are hundreds of derivatives around and have been around prior to 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 crypto. But at the same time. As Shane said, you know, crypto takes certain things to the extreme. And then does that make it similar or, or, or is it something different? And that's the argument within the accounting profession at the moment. And I think that argument is going to rage for quite a while. Is do we need to have a separate sort of accounting definition for what crypto assets are? Whether I mean, some people can't, don't even understand whether it is an asset within the accounting definition. Do we need that and do we need separate or different accounting treatment of, and that of course then has, has implications for tax treatment as well, uh, even though accounting standards and tax legislation are different. I don't know, I, I have a feeling that, you know, maybe in the next four or five years, we may have a separate accounting standard dealing with crypto and that may have implications obviously for the way it's treated for tax purposes as well. So, I don't know, just, just being a, an accounting finance person, the more I look into crypto, the more differences I actually see and the, and the more potential for differences. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing, you know. But but at the same time, that, that may require a somewhat different approach. And I think in terms of all the complexity, I think I think that's that's kind of Shane's job with what he does. I mean, the way to handle that complexity is to have software packages, you know, that, that and and generally, the way I understand it, and I do it myself, crypto traders, whether they're corporates or individuals, they they, they trade on many different exchanges, mm. as you said, thousands of transactions a day, perhaps, you know, and and you know you you need you need to have a software package that's kind of tied into all that to calculate all the gains and losses from those transactions, and I think one of the things that mums and dads or the young people, which is where the biggest growth is. The reason they should follow this is because a lot of them are actually suffering losses, especially now, or, you know, in the last three, four months, we know what's been happening with Bitcoin in general and, and the crypto market. And I think that the reason they need to do something is because they may not be actually booking the the capital losses, you know mm. what I mean? And if, not, if they're not recording those on a tax return, the future gains they'll they'll get may not be offset. So it's, so it's important from both perspectives. Just because you're losing money doesn't mean you ignore things either, you know. Because obviously any capital loss that that that, that you put on your or that you recognize on your tax return, um, you can offset in, in later years against uh, cap, uh, capital gains. So, but as Shane said, you know, uh, I think the ATO. And I, that's what my sources tell me. They have realized there's a lot of gains there, which and there is a big gap, you know, and they are investing and, um, you know, into compliance and, 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 and testing and enforcement. And, and hopefully that eventually catches up. Look, we're almost out of time. So I want to round it out with this one. Shane and Roman, you can jump in as well. Um, Shane, 
with crypto being so inextricably linked to technology, we you know we currently live in a world where we have financial systems that have been built up over centuries, and people understand them, and there is a framework in place uh, that is tried and tested and seems to sort of work. Crypto is so linked to technology that we can't even imagine the changes that will take place over the next decade or 100 years. Is our financial institutions trying to apply tax to crypto always going to be playing catch up? I think there's always going to be some degree where technology is leading ahead of compliance and regulation and they kind of, they go back and forth quite a bit. It's a bit like the Formula One racing where the rules come out with the Formula One racing each year to slow down the, the cars, but then each year those cars keep on getting faster. They find ways of getting around it. So there's a bit of that going on. I think like a large part of this um, point around cryptocurrency and what it actually is, um, I think it's really important to note that, you know, there's, there's this tendency to lump all this stuff into one category of cryptocurrency. Like the reality is that these are digital assets of some description that are powered through cryptography. Um, there's some arguments that it, it might be a currency. No one's arguing that all of cryptocurrency products are a currency. For example, you can have um, things that mirror stocks. It's on the mirror protocol, and that would be very much similar to a security or stock of some sort. Uh, you can have commodities like ETH in a lot of ways could be argued to be a commodity. Yeah, they even call it, like the Ethereum Foundation even calls the usage of Ethereum as gas to power the network, so literally gas, like a commodity. Um, you've got collectibles like NFTs, um, and then you've got you know Bitcoin itself, which is argued to be in some sense a currency, in other senses a store of value like digital gold. So you've got all these different aspects of the cryptocurrency ecosystem, I suppose, which um, it's difficult to lump that all up into just one thing and say it like something should apply to it. Um, so I think that's also uh, a, a thing that, you know, authorities or just generally the market needs to catch up with is that, you know, cryptocurrency isn't just Bitcoin. It's, it's just many different things. And what this is, is just digitalization of assets. And so, yeah, like given that openness and the com combination of technology, you know, there's going to be have to be a lot of um, iterations from a compliance point of view as well. Okay. Um, Roman, any final thoughts on that? Look, I think Shane, he summarized it really well. And that's why my view is, um, yeah, eventually we'll probably come up with a, with a new perspective of, of, of digital assets. I mean, it is complex. I mean, there's a lot of new things in there. But at the same time, in terms of catch-up, corporates, in particular financial institutions, are getting much more into this now. And you've got to understand that these guys are always a step ahead of tax authorities, no matter what it is. So, yeah, I mean, there will definitely be a lot of catch-up. It's, it's a very complex universe uh, you know, and I think we'll need to talk about it more at some high theoretical level to, you know, to get a handle on it. All right, gentlemen, it's been fascinating. Shane, Roman, thanks so much for joining me here on Think Business Futures. Thank you, Stefan. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, Stefan. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Think Business Futures. Thank you to my guests, Roman Lannis and Shane Brunette. You can listen and share this chat wherever you get your podcasts. 
Don't forget to subscribe to get Think Business Futures in your feed each week. And please support the show by leaving a review. I'm your host, Stefan Postuma, and I'll see you again somewhere in the world of business next week.